I'm Gordon Stewart and this is episode 3 of Tales from Weird Scotland. of January 2009, Blair Gowrie, Perthshire. Four bright orange lights seen and a group in the sky. 25th of January 2009, Livingston, West Lothian. An extremely bright blue circular light seen in the sky. After diving down at a steep angle, the light rose, then dived again, then vanished. 24th of July 2009, Edinburgh. Flashing pale blue lights observed through clouds, moving in circles. Movement lasted about 25 minutes. 25th of July 2009, Dunfries. Six or seven bright lights observed in the sky for over 10 minutes. They were spaced out and one by one flew away, disappearing very quickly. 16th of August 2009, Westmuir, Murray. Light seen in the sky, joined by another light, hovering over the village, no noise. 4th of October 2009, Stonehaven, Aberdeenshire, white and red lights moving around. 31st of October 2009, Winchborough, West Lothian, cylindrical shape, flying low, silent. 5th of November 2009, Newton Grange, Midlothian, 21 to 22 high flying objects shining red at even intervals for around 15 minutes. 7th of November 2009, Calendar, Perthshire, up to 20 individual orange lights static for 15 seconds before tilting, then moving off. 10th of November 2009, Glasgow, four lights moving around in a circle over and over again for more than an hour. These are transcripts of reports of UFOs recorded by the UK Ministry of Defence, now declassified and published online. There are hundreds of similar reports. On the 1st of December 2009, the UK Ministry of Defence policy on UFOs changed. UFO sightings are no longer recorded or investigated by the Ministry. Official sources say the vast majority can be identified either as part of natural phenomenon or identifiable other sources such as flying Chinese lanterns. To most, UFOs are myth or science fiction to some, an obsession. But to one man in lowland Scotland in the 1970s, a terrifying, inexplicable event, which has defied explanation ever since. When I was growing up in Scotland in the 1970s, I remember being absolutely enthralled by and terrified of the TV show Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World. Scared witless by tales of Bigfoot and Yeti, the 
crystal skull of doom and African lake monsters. At least I found comfort in the knowledge that these chilling things were far away. Not so, however, when it came to UFOs. The tenth episode featured an interview with a man from the town of Livingston, West Lothian, east from the capital of Scotland, Edinburgh, and less than half an hour's drive from my childhood home. This man would become famous, infamous, for one of the most disturbing encounters with UFOs the world would ever know. The Dechment Law Incident of 1979 Dechment Law is a hill on the edges of the new town of Livingston. The word law in the old Scots language simply means hill. A volcanic plug it's the highest peak in the local area, with archaeological evidence of human habitation stretching back to the Bronze Age. It sits in a public park, near a high school, with some parts covered in woodland. Adjacent is a slightly lower twin peak to the law known as Deer Hill. It was in a forest clearing on Deer Hill on the 9th of November 1979, that Robert Taylor, a local forestry worker, would experience something truly terrifying. By all accounts a mild, quiet man, Robert Taylor worked for the local development corporation as a forestry worker and was visiting a new coniferous plantation on Deer Hill, now very much a mature wood. Watching the video of the TV show again now, Taylor and his wife come across as quiet, ordinary folk. In a clearing, Taylor claimed to see a large, dark grey sphere, about 20 feet across. Intrigued, he went closer. As he approached, two smaller spheres, some three feet in diameter, dropped from the larger sphere. Covered in spikes, these fears rolled quickly towards Taylor, accompanied by a strong choking smell. Taylor's dog, accompanying him on his trip, now barking furiously and clearly terrified. Taylor said, They came right up beside me and I remember feeling attacked at the time. The two little spheres caught his legs pulling him to the ground and, snagging his clothing, began dragging him towards the large sphere. He heard a loud, hissing noise before losing consciousness. Some twenty minutes later, he awoke in a now empty clearing. With great pain in his legs, he stumbled back to his pickup truck. The truck wouldn't start. and so he began a painful journey back to his cottage. He staggered home to be met by his astonished wife. She recalled, He looked terrible when he stood at the door, and he just stood at the door, and I said, Have you had an accident with your lorry? And he said, No, I've been attacked. And I said, What way? And he said, A spaceship. And I said, Oh, goodness me, there's no such thing as a spaceship. 
I'm going to phone the doctor. He must have fell and hurt your head. With a red scar on his very pale face, dirt on his skin and torn clothing, the police were called. The police attending found strange marks on the ground where the attack was supposed to have happened. Some 40 holes in the ground and two track marks were recorded, but there were no other marks leading to the tracks in a fenced-off area. Taylor's clothing showed signs of attack, with the tears consistent with an upwards sharp pull. But investigations were inconclusive and the incident simply recorded as an assault, the only close encounter to be so treated. Was Taylor attacked by alien technology? Did he encounter something not of this world? Many think so with some claiming it as the strongest, most plausible alien encounter record. Others have tried to rationalise his encounter, suggesting temporal lobe epilepsy or a stroke as providing similar effects. No one, however, seems to have doubted that Robert Taylor believed his story to be true. Today, there are signposts in the public park at Dechmont Law, which lead you to the clearing on Deer Hill where this may or may not have happened. Online UFO trail leaflets tell you more about the incident, and you can still watch episode 10 of Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World online if you know where to look. And Robert Taylor himself? He died in 2007, at the age of 88, having never deviated from his story. But this part of central Scotland continues to puzzle, amuse and amaze those interested in extraterrestrial life. The village of Bonnybridge, some 40 minutes drive from Livingston, has been the centre of UFO activity in Scotland since the 1990s. An industrial place in the 19th and 20th centuries, there is much history here. The Romans' Antonine Wall runs within half a mile of the village, centred on the rough castle Roman fort adjacent. But it is the 300 or so UFO sightings in this area that proclaim the village to be Scotland's UFO capital. Supposedly one in three of the village's inhabitants have seen something odd in the sky. In 1992, a local businessman driving to the village was stopped by a star-shaped object flying around the road and blocking his way. This part of Scotland, between the cities of Edinburgh and Stirling and the district of Falkirk, has become nicknamed the Falkirk triangle, due to the sheer scale of UFO reports. Reports of UFOs buzzing cars and various objects landing and taking off nearby convince many that we are not alone. In the same year, 1992, two men were following a road near the village of Tarbrax, some 40 miles south of Livingston. Delayed by some time, for reasons they couldn't account for, 
Under hypnosis, several months later, they claimed to have been abducted, examined, and communicated with by alien creatures. One of the men, Gary Wood, said in a 1996 interview, I saw three creatures coming towards my car. I felt intense pain like an electric shock. Then I was in some room. I saw these things like wee men moving about doing something to me. I could only see up. Then this six-foot creature approached. It was white, grey in colour with a, a large head and dark eyes with a long, slender neck, very slim shoulders and waist. They were either ribs or folds of skin on its body. The arms were like ours, but there were four very long fingers. This explained, the men felt, why they lost over an hour and a half of time and couldn't remember why. Lost time is a phenomenon often associated with alien encounters. Although the Ministry of Defence no longer considers UFO records to be important, publicly at least, sightings of unidentified flying objects continue to be made. Perhaps we are alone. Perhaps not. But Scotland is a land of great antiquity, and strange tales have been told since history began. They are said to be of middle nature betwixt man and angel, of intelligent studious spirits and light changeable bodies, like those called astral. Somewhat of the nature of a condensed cloud and best seen in twilight, these bodies be so pliable through the subtlety of the spirits that agitate them that they can make them appear or disappear at pleasure. Some have bodies or vehicles so spongious, thin and pure that they are fed only by sucking into some fine spiritous liquor that pierces like pure air. So wrote the Reverend Robert Kirk. Episcopal Minister of Aberfoyle, Perthshire, in his book, The Secret Commonwealth. This thesis, discovered after his, some would say, mysterious death in 1692, described the existence of beings he called she, Scottish Gaelic for fairy. His book, first published in the early 19th century by the famous Scottish author Sir Walter Scott, identifies the unseen world of the fairy, including abducted children, changelings, doppelgangers, and the time loss experienced by abductees. Were the folk of long lost centuries who were said to have been spirited away to the land of the fairy, like the famous poet Thomas the Rhymer, really taken by visitors from other worlds. Folk tales tell us of mortals taken to the realm of the fairy and losing time in our reality. Depictions of the realm of fairy appear frequently in the records of Scotland's terrible witch hunts of the 16th and 17th centuries, with strangers appearing out of time to those accused of witchcraft and demonic pacts. 
strange beings luring good people to the other place feature strongly in many witchcraft confessions. Phantom lights, unnatural children, disappearances, mysteries consistent through time and throughout many cultures. Maybe just like alien abduction stories. Perhaps they are the same, perhaps not. But enigmatic lights in the sky are one of the many sides to the strange legacy that is Weird Scotland. That was Gordon Stewart. Check out his blog at borderlandscotland.wordpress.com. This episode was written by Gordon Stewart. It was produced and radiophonically designed by me, Nick Cole Hamilton. The additional voice acting in this episode was provided by Tony Brunford and Jessica Henderson. Check out Tony's YouTube channel, The Brunfords, for hilarious and insightful Edinburgh-based shenanigans. Jess is an amazingly talented composer. You can check out her creations at soundcloud.com forward slash arrow to the knee productions. This is a You Better Run Media production. Join us again soon for more Tales from Weird Scotland. <laughs>